We're going to start the programme off right now uh, with a big piece of news, uh, a big idea fest, which I'm sure is going to get you talking as well. It's been called the biggest education shake-up in 30 years. It's only proposed at this stage. It is a task force which has been headed by former principal Bali Huck, a man who also used to run uh, the NZQA. He's been principal of four different schools. Uh, he is now an education consultant. The task force is proposing... Uh, removing many of the powers currently held by school boards of trustees. And to run us through what has been proposed by this task force, the biggest shake-up in 30 years, we're joined by NZME and NewsTalk ZB political reporter, Yvette McCullough, who was at the announcement. Hello, Yvette. Hi, Andrew. It's a big one, this one. Yeah, yeah, it's a really big one. There's a lot of, as you say, a lot of ideas. Um, they've uh, really narrowed it to across sort of eight key areas and they've got about 30 recommendations um, across this and uh, I guess the big thing they're coming at it with is that uh, they want our the way we measure success or or the you know lack of success in our education system to be about children's well-being across the board and that right now there is a huge disparity between uh, kids from advantaged homes or areas and the disadvantaged uh, areas and that, that gap is stubborn and growing and if we don't sort out those uh, equity issues then the wider social and economic ramifications for the whole country are as they put it quite frankly dire and so there needs to be a change uh, to the system that they say is not working for everyone and uh, it can't just be a tinkering with the current system. It needs to be a cultural and structural transformation. And as you said, the, the big one for them is this idea of the governance of schools. And so they say that this self-governing idea isn't working uh, for the most disadvantaged uh, and that there's a few reasons um, that they, they think that's the case. Uh, and the first is that they think it, it really creates unhealthy competition and that there's this my school mentality, uh, which means the positive reforms you see in some of those schools don't get the scale up uh, in the system and aren't shared amongst other schools. And uh, they say that they think the boards uh, of trustees are being bogged down uh, in the business governance side of things with schools and that they shouldn't uh, be focusing on that. They should be focusing on other things like you know, the ethos of the school and that that's the feedback they've had from the boards and principals themselves is that uh, they've taken on too much responsibility. And so their big proposal is that they would uh, get rid of Ministry of Education regional offices and instead have these education hubs and they'd oversee that business governance side of things uh, for schools and that each hub would probably have about 125 schools that they would be sort of overarchingly looking after and that the change would be that school principals would actually be uh, employed by them rather than the boards and while the boards would still you know, have a, an active say in sort of recruitment of a principal and the chance to veto um, you know, it's really a partnership sort of approach in that they would principals would be employed by the hub, and the hub as well would have think the decision making around things like student suspensions and expulsions. And so this whole idea is that there'd be more collaboration and uh, you know working together across schools in an area, so there'd be less disparity. But the question he didn't really, I don't think, satisfactorily answer for me around that idea uh, was whether, you know, the whole thing about this as being this competition uh, between schools. And if you're having these regional hubs, won't that just lead to more competition between hubs? So while there'd be less disparity, uh, it would still be across regions. Uh, and uh, whether, the, you know, we have the situation where we're going to have these better performing schools in an area are going to be forced to sort of 
share their tools for success uh, and then is that going to mm. potentially lead to them sort of coming down a peg or two mm. uh, to, to create that um, better, you know, even spread? Mm. And there's also the question about the backlash uh, there could be from principals who would see perhaps this as a bit of, you know, taking away their autonomy and someone butting into the way that they're running their schools. But uh, he's quite hopeful that that would be seen by principals as, you know, another support system rather than someone sort of taking over. I can see how um, they're trying to lift up the schools that have boards of trustees that do not have the expertise. But at the same time, the other question is uh, there are many boards of trustees which have uh, people who are very fine at property and financial reports and enrolment schemes and all those sorts of things that are already operating at a very high level. Would it also dumb down uh, the schools or or decrease the performance of uh, boards of trustees that in fact are doing very well and creating just... you know, one uniform style of school. Exactly. And mm. then you, you, you know, yeah, there'll be a, a less of a gap, but that's because you've <laughs> narrowed it in the wrong direction, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's very interesting. Regional boards mm. propose to take over most of the legal roles of school boards, including appointing the principal. And at mm. the moment, I believe that principals, federations, uh, is actually saying they, they kind of agree with that. But there's other mm. things in there as well. Uh, Out-of-zone enrolments will be capped. Yeah, so I mean, and this is again around that idea of this unhealthy competition that the system currently encourages. Um, and so, I mean, they made the point that they they really acknowledge that there is still that element of parents' choice. And right now, we don't have equal schools and regions, so you know, parents should still be able to to you know say what kind of school they want their kid to go to. But they're also proposing a, a limit on the amount of. Uh, out of zone enrolments so that we don't have schools sort of competing or being able to be selective about their intake uh, and um, that there were, when there were enrolment schemes there needs to be a focus on making sure that they're you know equal opportunity mm. uh, and uh, as well as that um, there was a lot of talk about uh, sort of funding models and they want uh, this idea of this equity index that's being developed uh, by Treasury I believe to be rolled out as quickly as possible and they want that to replace the decile funding model because they say that's not a good instrument and it often leads to disadvantaged schools being shortchanged. Uh, and they also want to ensure that schools genuinely offer equal access for kids with learning or physical disabilities uh, because they say that right now that isn't happening and that again is, is re- adding sort of that inequity and unhealthy competition. All right, and then we get into even more. Uh, intermediate schools, bye-bye. Hello, yeah. <laughs> hello junior colleges, years 7 to 10, and senior colleges, years 11 to 13. Yeah, so that was an idea he sort of is floating as something we should have a conversation about. Um, and the idea is that uh, the, there's concern about the transition between schools and that the idea of having just, you know, two years at a school isn't necessarily working very well for a lot of students. Uh, and so he's quite keen on exploring the idea of um, a middle school uh, so that you are you know, in, in one school for longer, you have that progression. And then we'd have things like senior colleges where there is more of a focus on sort of uh, career building and, you know, whether you're going down the more academic route or vocational route or trades, that would be sort of more specialised. And he thinks that that's it's an idea that we should really start talking about. And again, I can see some big difficulties when it comes to infrastructure there because we've got a lot of very big secondary schools that suddenly will be down to only having four years' worth of uh, intake when they can actually take five to six years' worth of intake. In fact, three years' worth of intake, 11, 12, 13, only three years of intake. And again, some intermediate schools which have to be upscaled as well. So that's an interesting one. They want to replace decile funding. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's there's this uh, equity index um, idea that uh, the Treasury is working on, and they think that that would be a much better model um, because the the decile funding they just think it doesn't doesn't reflect the realities and it just turns out that these schools who are uh, in more need of extra funding don't get that targeted attention uh, and that is increasing this disparity um, and that really needs to be the focus again about this idea of across the board kids' well-being and success. All right, also the ERO and the New Zealand Qualifications Authority abolished, but uh, let's just remind everyone this is a task force report, so what will happen to it next, and what do you Mm. think the likelihood of any of this actually coming to pass would be? Well, so the next phase is that uh, this is now open to consultation, so public can have their feedback on this, um, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of that, Uh, and then they'll uh, look again at the f- feedback, and they said they're quite open to, uh, you know, changing their recommendations at that point if that's the, the sense they get. Um, but that at this stage, the interesting thing is they haven't, you know, costed anything. They haven't really thought, as you said, about getting rid of intermediate schools. They haven't thought about the logistics of that. And they've said they've done that quite deliberately because they'd be sort of starting from the wrong place if, if numbers and things was their priority right now. Um, so once they, you know, get that feedback, then they'll take into consideration and then we'll start looking at things like how much this will cost, the finer details, whether there is, you know, even, even the talent pool available to have these over overarching leadership uh, ideas that they're wanting. Um, but So that, that's the case now. So it'll be uh, you know, not until the middle of next year probably that we get that final report and then the government uh, will take a look and make any decisions around it. But right now they're, they're just sort of focused on the, telling people uh, to have that chance to have their say in the consultation.